Welcome to Chicago History and Automotive Heaven. World-class restaurants, arts, entertainment, and theaters. First skyscraper, 1890. Tallest buildings, beautiful lakefront. Stories on pioneers and industry leaders that made a difference in America. Welcome, everybody. This is your host, Richie Z, and welcome to another uh, episode of Chicago History and Automotive Heaven. Today's show, we're going to deal with uh, one of the greatest. I mean, you know what? These stories that I'm doing on, on radio about Chicago and the pioneers are amazing. I mean, what these people have done. Today's uh, program is going to deal with Daniel Burnham. But before we get started, I just want to give you a little uh, treat. In fact, uh, when I was on talk radio uh, on an AM station a few years ago, I, I was known to give away at least a couple of hundred tickets through the course of a year to festivals, events, car shows, museums, and on and on. So if you have a special event coming up, it could be a play, it could be a, a festival, it could be a car show, it could be just about anything, uh, let us know. Uh, we'll plug your uh, event in lieu of some tickets that we can give away to our audience. Well, we're starting to do this again this year. We have some tickets to the Hudson Museum and ship to Shauna, Indiana. So if you want to get those, you can email me. Uh, I do have something that I've been going to for, God, most of my life probably, and that's the America's largest Polish festival in the nation, well, really in the world. It's at the lakefront of Milwaukee each and every year for the last 33 years. This festival will be uh, from June 13th through the 15th. We have free tickets, so like I say, email me and we'll connect and get you some tickets. But this is um, a place I've been going to for probably 40 years, 30 years uh the lakefront of Milwaukee is as beautiful as the lakefront of Chicago. It really is. And their festival grounds uh, has a little bit of everything for everybody, you know, from the one-year-old to the hundred-year-old person. Polish Fest, I'm, I'm 100% Polish, so it's one of my favorites. But I've been up there with the Italian Fest and the uh, Irish Fest and stuff like that. But this festival is going to deal with uh, the best of the best in polka music. So uh, really, Saturday the 14th, Sunday the 15th, you're going to have uh, 18-time Grammy winner Jimmy Stir and his orchestra. It's the big band sound of polka music. In fact, uh, uh, I want to call Jimmy Stir, uh, and I hope I don't offend him, but he's like the Lawrence Welk of today. Uh, his band is really, uh, it's that East Coast polka music. It's a little more, uh, faster than the regular polka music from Chicago. But there'll be a lot of, uh, polka bands from the Chicago area also. John Gura and the Gurale will be there on Sunday. That's another wonderful, uh, polka band. But they have a kid stage, a folk stage. Uh, a vodka stage. I think I'm going to try to get to that one. I, I think that, that'll be a cool one to stop by. Uh, but Miller has, uh, 
uh, a stage. There's so many things going on. And then one thing I do want to mention about uh, the fest up in Milwaukee, the food is excellent, and it's very reasonable. I know whenever I go there, you can get around, uh, for around $10, you can get, or less, a whole plate of food, and they have the greatest Polish sausage, the chicken, to something for everyone. So uh, email me at... R-A-U-T-O-M-D at Yahoo, no, at Gmail, I'm sorry, uh, at gmail.com. That's R-A-U-T-O-M-D at gmail.com, and we'll see if we can hook you up with some tickets to the world's largest Polish festival in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, on the lakefront. We also have some tickets uh I've been partnering with this company for so many years. It's called the Bloomington Gold Corvette Show, and that's coming up June 27th through the 29th. It's at the University of Illinois Grounds in Champaign-Urbana. So if you want tickets to that, I also will have that. So it's Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, June 27th through the 29th. You know, folks, you don't have to be a Corvette enthusiast per se. You gotta be a car lover. Uh, that helps a lot. But, uh, Bloomington Gold is the oldest Corvette show. I know they started, uh, in the early seventies with the show and it's become the, uh, most prestigious Corvette show, uh, in the world. People come from all over the world because I remember in the eighties, <clears> nineties, <throat> I used to uh, sell products, and I used to be a vendor there. And uh, I thought somebody was messing with me one time. Uh, I'm selling a product, and the guy goes, uh, uh, like, $20. And the guy goes, do you want American? Uh, I go, yeah, I'm in America. Well, the guy wasn't messing with me. He was from Canada, and he had Canadian money, and he was wanting to know if I would take the Canadian money, but uh, this is really, really a, a, a wonderfully put-together show. It was here in uh, uh, at Pheasant Run in St. Charles, Illinois, for about 10 years, but they moved it back down. This originally started out in uh, Bloomington Normal area, the Champaign area, and it went back down there. So I do have tickets for that also. Again, email me at R-A-U-T-O. MD at gmail.com. Or you can give me a call at 312-450-2750. These are great shows. We're going to be doing a lot more of this. Like I say, if you're a vendor, uh, if you have a recession-fighting sale or whatever, if you'd like to advertise with us on Chicago History and Motor uh, uh, Automotive Heaven, uh, give me a call, 312-450-2750. 2750. You know, as things come across my desk, I do want to mention it. And, uh, I think sometimes things happen to me, uh, to help you guys not have it happen to you. Well, I bought one of these green cards, uh, it's a credit card type of thing where you load money onto it and then you can use it freely. Reason I bought this thing was, uh, actually my my debit card was uh, compromised on the Internet. I actually bought something, 
And then they started, they, they, they actually took money out of my car. So I had to close that account, open up a new one. So I thought I'd be smart and I'd get this green card and be able to use that in, 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 instead. And this way they can't steal your money. Well, no vendor stole my money, but the green card did. And lo and behold, I saw this on TV last night on the news. Lisa Madigan, the, Attorney General of the State of Illinois, or State of Insanity, whichever you want to call it, uh, was on, and she was talking about this uh, company. Uh, I know they stole over uh, $60 off of my card. They just take $25, $30 off whenever they feel like it. And there's no one you could talk to. There's no one to call or nothing like that. So don't buy one of these green cards uh where you can load money onto it because they will rip you off. A lot of people that are don't have a bank account and all of that, that's where Lisa Madigan came in yesterday and talked about it. Uh, they were having their, uh, their check. They're making minimum wage. They don't have any money to begin with. They had it loaded onto this green card thing, a direct deposit, and then the charges that they were charging these people uh, just about wiped out everything that they, they earned. So, uh, you know, uh, people like that, I, I do, I, I suggest try to open up a debit account somewhere and have direct deposit to a regular bank. And there are still some good banks around Chicago that, uh, have low fees. So check on the fees that the banks charge and all of that. But definitely do not purchase a green card, uh, debit card type of, uh, load money onto it. Another thing I want to talk about, about a year ago, I bought this cricket thing for Internet connection, so when I'm away from the house, I can actually use it. Well, it didn't work at all, and I tried to return it. I tried to contact people. I uh, I want to mention something about this because uh, I called the company. Now, you have to understand I'm a little hearing impaired, so... I have a little problem with phones, uh, especially when people don't speak English properly. They have a very heavy accent. So I had said something to this person about being hearing impaired, and I was having a hard time understanding them. And this is from the Cricket Internet Company. Well, they told me to go F myself and hung up on me. So I never got my money back or anything the cricket thing doesn't work. So there's another company that I would not uh, suggest you uh, get Internet service with. That all being said, well, let's start off today's show. You know, there's so many topics that I brought with me today to do. Um, but I, I really, I'm just going to go for this one and see how I feel. I'm going to go and tell you the story about Daniel Burnham. Daniel Burnham was an amazing person in Chicago. In fact, I, I want to say a little bit about um, these people back in the 1800s, early 1900s. Before a word, the uh, venture capitalists came out, these people built Chicago. By building Chicago, by doing what they did, 
They put people to work, not for minimum wage with no benefits. They put people to work in good jobs building the city. Well, Daniel Burnham was with us in a short period of time, but he probably did the most um, in Chicago as far as building and and uh, uh developing and in fact Daniel Burnham was the one that actually after the great Chicago fire of 1871 he teamed up with uh, Ruth and uh, they began building Chicago uh, Ruth was another architect um, by 1890 they started work on building the world's Columbian Exposition. Now, they put Daniel Burnham in charge of this project. In fact, he and his family lived up on uh, the north side. In fact, they lived in Evanston, Illinois. Well, Daniel Burnham actually built himself a little lean-to on the property of the World's Fair so that he can... Uh, give all his attention to that World's Fair. You know, somewhere down the road, we're going to do the whole story. I've been working on that one, too, uh, about the World's Fair, the Columbian Exposition of 1893. That was the most successful, profitable, uh, most attended uh, World's Fair ever in the history of the world. In fact, that was the cell. They called it the Columbian Exposition because it was a celebration of the 400 years of Columbus discovering America. Uh, but Daniel Burnham not only did that, uh, but he built buildings all over the United States. <clears throat> in fact, uh, I want to mention this. You know, I always do positives in there, but I want to talk a little bit about um, some of the other architects in there. And I, I don't want to take anything away from any of them, uh, but one man in particular, um, Louis Sullivan, did a lot of things in Chicago. He really disliked Daniel Burnham because... Burnham had this old style of architecture. Louis Sullivan wanted the new style. In fact, Sullivan actually hired Frank Lloyd Wright. So you can understand if you look at a Burnham building and you look at a Frank Lloyd Wright building or a Louis Sullivan building, the differences. Um, Louis Sullivan, to his death, said that uh, Daniel Burnham put Chicago back uh, 50 years in architecture. I I, I disagree with that. I, I think um, he set a, a good foundation, uh, a place where Chicago needed to start to start building. Um, that World's Fair I was telling you about is uh, over 27.5 million people attended that World's Fair in six months. It was a one-year fair. Amazing. Daniel Burnham actually did um, was involved in uh, 500 structures all over the United States, from San Francisco to New York to Washington, D.C., some of the main buildings. But you live here in Chicago. Let me tell you about a couple of the buildings that you can still see that were designed 
and the construction was overseen by Daniel Burnham. Uh, two of my favorite buildings I'm going to tell you about. One is the Marshall Field Building over on State Street. And that building took, I think it was about eight or nine years to complete all the stuff that they did there. It's one of my favorites because I remember uh, going downtown as a kid, Christmas time, and the beautiful windows. But the building, the clock on the side, if you went downtown back then in the early 1900s and you were meeting someone, you would say, I'll meet you under the clock. And that meant you would meet under the clock at the Marshall Fields building. But also a building that really, uh, I, I'm, I'm totally amazed. I've done a lot of tours of Chicago, and we go by the building. Uh, it's called the Monagnac Building downtown. It's in that uh, federal district where all the Mies van der Rohe buildings are in that, but the Monagnac Building was the tallest building in 1890 in the world. 20 stories tall. Interesting part of that building, it had no steel in the structure. So the base of the building is actually 6 to 8 feet wide to hold up the building. You know, people talk about uh, other buildings in Chicago and that being the first and this and that. I talk about the Monagnac building. The the home insurance company built a building in 1885. Uh, it was nine stories tall, but it didn't even make it into the uh, 1930s. It was torn down. Um, so I always refer to the uh, Monagnac building uh, because it's still there. It amazes me that uh, something that was built in the 1880s, it was completed in 1890, is still standing 20 stories tall. When people came to the World's Fair, they all went to see um, the Monagnac building in downtown Chicago. You know, one other thing I want to I want to talk about it uh, with Daniel Burnham is that uh, he actually drew the plan after the Great Chicago Fire. It took a number of years, but the city kept working on different plans and uh, the lakefront. He was uh, an advocate of having open and clear spaces. So part of the reason we have the lakefront is one of the people is Daniel Burnham, that we have this open lakefront. But also he drew the Chicago plan in 1909, and that's where we got the grid system um, with the streets, and he laid out the city in the Chicago plan of 18. Of 1909. You know, I uh, I think I want to switch gears today. You know, we're going to take a short break right now. I'm going to switch gears, and I want to talk about what's been going on lately and the decay of moral society in Chicago. Two Chefs Cafe and Catering, 3 South Center Street, Bensonville, Illinois. Call 630-766-6030. Quality food, cozy atmosphere. Let us cater your next event. Have your next party or event at Two Chefs. Weddings, birthday parties, showers, funeral luncheons. We can accommodate parties from 10 people to 150 
in our elegant establishment. Call 630-766-6030. Mention Chicago History and Automotive Heaven and get 15% off. Folks, email me. Let me know what you think of our show, but also I will get you a voucher. I'll email you back a voucher to get 15% off a meal at Two Chefs Cafe and Catering. Dr. James Izzo, DDS, Miles of Smiles Dental Work, General Dentistry, call 708-983-3670. We're located at 7234 West North Avenue. That's Cameo Towers in Elmwood Park, Illinois. Call our office and mention Chicago History and Automotive Heaven and get a special on teeth bleaching, teeth whitening, folks. Normally it goes for $199. Mention our show and you get it for $89. Call 708-983-3670. Folks, also you can go to our website and all of our sponsors are listed. Please patronize our sponsors because without them, we will not be on the air. Magic Video and Television Productions. Complete wedding package includes church ceremony, reception, cake cutting, toast, first dance, and much more. Anniversary, retirement parties, banquets, reunions, any special event. Quality work with digital cameras dedicated to make your event special and memorable. Call 312-450-2750. We capture those treasured moments forever. Welcome back, everybody. You know what? I'm gonna. I uh, I'm really troubled with all the things that are going on in the news today. Um, we did a few weeks ago. I did a lot of research on uh, one of my mentors, one of my heroes, my Chicago heroes, and that was Paul Harvey. And um, I listened to some of the famous stories that he told that are on YouTube. One that really struck. A part of my heart was uh, the letter from God. Now, I don't know. Paul Harvey's been gone for about five years now. I don't know what he would say. Uh, I hope I can take this even... uh, I hope I could tell a story even 10% of what Paul Harvey would do. But I I really think that uh, this needs to be talked about. You know... Every day in the news, it's so common, we're hearing about murder, massacres of people. Uh, every time we turn around, it's always somebody else's fault. Well, I want to say one thing. This is one of my quotes. It's insane to do nothing but complain. America was founded on solutions, not on crybabies. That's an inspiring quote from Richie Z. And today, I think, you know, I know that I want to go with the rest of this show on talking about how we can turn the beat around. You know, a few years ago, I actually wrote the Ten Commandments, uh, Um, not the Ten Commandments, but I wrote Crime Prevention Tips and Ways to um, Make Your Neighborhoods, Your Community a Little Safer. I sent them all over to the city of Chicago, to mayor's office, the governor's office, aldermen, 
um, churches, and on and on. Um, I wrote something called, uh, If You've Had Enough, Then Give Them Up. People told me it wouldn't work. Um, everybody had a reason why uh, what I was doing, not everybody, but people had a, a reason why um, they didn't think it would work. Well, I think we're finally seeing things in a different light today. So let's start off with what do you do if you know who shot people walking down the street, driving down the street? I'm outraged. You know, every time I turn around, there's some child walking down the street and some gangbanger drives by and shoots children. You know, from the beginning of time, you had gangs. Beginning of Chicago, you had gangs. But they never rode around your community and shot your kids to death. And it's not even like a vindictive thing, like they're going after you. They just drive down the street and shoot kids. And that seems to be okay. It happens time after time after time, and nobody's outraged. It doesn't change. The community gets together, and it's a wonderful thing to see, and they march. I've seen everything from banners and flags and Posters walking down the street. I even saw a community carrying coffins down the street to get the word out. The people want help in the neighborhoods. So first off, let's just do this. Let's just say, if you've had enough, then give them up. You don't have to go to the police department, but you could drop a note to the station, to the firehouse, to the mayor's office. Well, you know, send something over to the uh, head of police department in Chicago, Charlie McCarthy. Send him something. Get it to the people that need to hear about who did it. You want to save a life? Well, what I want you to do is write down the date, the time, and the location of what you saw. And this doesn't have to be a shooting. It could be drug dealing. It could be uh, somebody trying to grab a kid, trying to rape somebody, trying to rob somebody. If you know the name of the perpetrator, perpetrator means the one that was committing the crime, shooting someone, robbing someone, Raping someone, write down the name. If they have a gang name, a slang name, and you people in the neighborhood know, give that name also. Describe the car, the color, the license number, and any damage. And again, if you're going to do this, this will get some of these... uh, I want to call them demons because I got some other words that I don't want to use on radio. So let's just use uh, demons because that doesn't even uh, do justice to them. But here, give a note to your 
priest, your pastor, policeman in the neighborhood, a fireman, a firehouse, send it to the mayor's office, your alderman's office, police station, firehouse. You don't have to give your name. You can be anonymous. And I want to say that because a lot of you, I think, are afraid that these demons, these gangbangers, whatever you want to call them, if they find out that you did turn them in, uh, they'll come after you and your family, which is true. You are 100% right. But until we start doing something like this, I don't think things will change. Now, I want to talk a little bit about something that uh, I don't I think is really missing today, and that is the Ten Commandments. You know, when I grew up, we went to school. Um, I had uh, religious education and regular education. I went to a Catholic school. But uh, you don't have to go to a Catholic school. You can be part of any religion. They all have basically the same doctrine, the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments. I don't think any of these people have ever heard the Ten Commandments. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Observe the Sabbath. Here's where I want to get into this. This is part of the Ten Commandments, folks. People that are my age and even the baby boomers, they know what this is. When was the last time you told your child, your grandchild, any of this? When was the last time you observed the Sabbath, a holy day, Sunday? You know, folks... I want to, I want to mention a couple more. I want to get to the fifth one and then I want to go from there. Honor thy mother and father. You know, when I was doing a story recently, I did the, uh, I brought up the statistics, uh, that shocked me. One out of every three children born today are born to one parent. And in those statistics I read, and I was just appalled, 60% of the mothers that have that child are not parenting. What's wrong with society, folks? What's wrong with society? No father, no mother. You guys in the neighborhoods, you want to take it back? You want to straighten things out? comes time to uh, put together organizations, mentoring organizations. You don't have to be a father. You don't have to be. You could be an aunt, an uncle, a, a grandparent. You don't have to be. You could be 20 years old to 80 years old. People need mentoring today. Step up. 
Start organizations that will start turning things around. The fifth commandment, and I think I'm going to stop with the fifth commandment, is thou shall not kill. You know, we're talking about Chicago. This story kind of uh, echoed in my head because this made me think because of what happened a few weeks ago in Chicago. Now, we, we're known as the capital of a lot of things. We really uh, are a great city. But there's a black eye on us about the murder rate here. And I'm going to tell you a story that fits into where I'm going with all of this. And that is, there was two 13-year-old girls on the south side of Chicago that were arguing over a boy. From the beginning of time, folks, people have argued about boys and girls. Boys have had fights and girls have had cat fights. Oh, it was cute. Oh, this one's going to do that or whatever because she wants to show her love for this guy. I remember it when I was growing up. Well, this story a few weeks ago brings actually a a hard place in my heart because two 13-year-old girls were going to have a fight over a boy. The 25-year-old uncle gives the girl a 38 revolver, a snub-nosed 38 pistol, to go to this fight to fight over a boy. Are you kidding me? Doesn't this 25-year-old uncle know the Ten Commandments? Thou shall not kill? Obviously, he doesn't. Folks, you couldn't write this into a story for television, a movie, or into a book. Because it gets crazier. There's a 25-year or 30-year-old aunt that goes to this fight also. The aunt is videotaping it for social media. The gun jams. The girl goes to shoot this other girl. The gun jams. The uncle takes the gun, clears it, and hands it back to the girl. Folks, decay in society, morals, do any of these people... Have any of these people ever heard, thou shalt not kill? Have any of them went to church on Sunday with their families? Folks, I don't even know if we could turn this generation around. But we got to start somewhere. Take a child, a young child, to church. Get involved in your community and ask the pastor of your uh, congregation to actually do a segment on the Ten Commandments. Most of these preachers and priests and all reverends 
are very well versed in the Ten Commandments and what is right and what is wrong. Maybe have them put it in the bulletin, but then again, you need people that can read to be able to read the bulletin. Now, the story I'm telling you, folks, is out of Chicago. But is there a problem nationwide? Does it go back 20, 30 years? Let me bring up some of the interesting uh, things that have happened in America. And you tell me if you think any of these people that did these things ever heard the Ten Commandments, were ever taken to the church. Folks, a lot of you out there are like me. When you were growing up, you knew right and wrong. You knew when you did wrong, there was going to be a price to pay. They call it tough love. Well, Oklahoma bombing, the Merrill Federal Building. Timothy McVeigh, I remember the controversy around this demon about putting him to death. And a lot of people were saying he has rights and this and that. No, we got to get back to, you know what, I believe in the death penalty. You know, eye for an eye, they don't deserve to breathe our air. What about 9-11 in New York City, the towers? I know there was over a 100, I think it was 130 police and firefighters that lost their lives in the Twin Towers in New York City. What about the shooting in Columbine? Anybody ever want to talk about that? That kind of started this this craze of being okay to kill people in colleges. And it actually grew from there, where it's not just the colleges, but it's actually okay just to do it. What about Champaign-Urbana? This one hits home with me. I actually knew somebody that was massacred at that. That was... It was Valentine's Day, 2008. Dan Palmenter, I knew his father very well. In fact, we did some work um, with a church organization helping people in the inner city. I met Danny. He's a wonderful kid. Just a wonderful person. In fact, I want to tell you a little bit because you don't hear the stories. Danny went to this class that he wasn't even in. He went with his girlfriend, and they were sitting up front. It was Valentine's Day. He wanted to spend some time with his girlfriend. When this demon came in and started shooting up the auditorium, 
Danny laid on top of his girlfriend to prevent her from getting killed. Her life was saved. Danny's was not. This stuff is hitting home, folks. Um, what about the Aurora theater shooting just recently? You know, this one really pisses me off. I'm just going to say it like it is. The Boston Bombers. That's only about a year ago. The Boston Bombers. When they caught the brother that's still alive, I remember the police didn't read him as Miranda writes. And I remember a lot of people saying, you're violating his rights. I ask one question. What about the rights of that little eight-year-old boy that they set the backpack up next to with the bomb in it? Not only did they kill the little boy, but it massacred his body. People lost legs and arms and all of that. And this demon has rights in the media. You have the right to even give this guy any attention and say he has rights? Any journalist that writes something like that or says something like that on radio or television, we should have the right to take you off the air. This is another one that I read into, and it really, it I'll tell you the truth, folks, this one made me cry. Because I, I know some people in the law enforcement industry, and I got the report from Sandy Hook, the school, Christmas time. It's going to be two years this December. Or 20 first and second graders, I call them 20 angels, were massacred. And 26 guardian angels. They didn't take the bodies out of that school for a couple of days. I was wondering why. Well, I read the report, or partially, part of the report anyway. This demon actually shot off so many rounds. I forgot what the number of the rounds that he shot off, but he actually massacred. This was worse than any massacre ever in the history of the world. Some of these kids were cut in half. Nobody talks about that. Six teachers laid on top of the kids. I call them the guardian angels. Now, last week, California a college, another demon from wealthy parents, but the parents are divorced. Hmm. Father's in motion pictures. He's got a very good job. In fact, the son's driving around in a late model $70,000 BMW. Bought three guns legally. Not the gun's faults, people. Everybody knew this, this one had problems. 
I asked the parents of this boy last week, when was the last time you took him to church? Did he ever hear about the Ten Commandments? You knew he had a problem. Folks, we got to stop talking about the guns and all of that. We got to talk about saving some of these people. You know, I, I don't think they're all lost. The thing that outrage, that, that, that drives me totally insane is number one, all of these things I just read to you, no one's outraged. Nothing has changed. And it's just, uh, it, it just blows my mind. We come together, we march at night, uh, we come on the news, we do a vigil, and nothing changes. Magic Video and Television Productions. Complete wedding package includes church ceremony, reception, cake cutting, toast, first dance, and much more. Anniversary, retirement parties, banquets, reunions, any special event. Quality work with digital cameras dedicated to make your event special and memorable. Call 312-450-2750. We capture those treasured moments forever. Two Chefs Cafe and Catering, 3 South Center Street, Bensonville, Illinois. Call 630-766-6030. Quality food codes the atmosphere. Let us cater your next event. Have your next party or event at Two Chefs. Weddings, birthday parties, showers, funeral luncheons. We can accommodate parties from 10 people to 150 in our elegant establishment. Call 630-766-6030. Mention Chicago History and Automotive Heaven and get 15% off. Folks, email me. Let me know what you think of our show, but also I will get you a voucher. I'll email you back a voucher to get 15% off a meal at Two Chefs Cafe and Catering. Magic Video and Television Productions. Complete wedding package includes church ceremony, reception, cake cutting, toast, first dance, and much more. Anniversary, retirement parties, banquets, reunions, any special event. Quality work with digital cameras dedicated to make your event special and memorable. Call 312-450-2750. We capture those treasured moments forever. You know, I, I've uh, gone into, uh, I think, what's wrong. <laughs> I think we can turn things around. Uh, but we have to address the situation. We can't just hear what's going on and blow it off. This week in the news, I mean, the veterans, the VA scandal. This isn't the first time, folks. I ask a question, though. America has money for wars, oil wars, in fact. 
wars that we did not need to be in, wars that cost the American taxpayers over $10 trillion. And I think we're approaching 30,000 lives of veterans. And I hear the number of wounded veterans is exceeding 80,000 with mental problems, physical problems, lost limbs and all of that. Now, these young, wonderful Americans then went and fought a war, a political war, come back, and they can't even get medical treatment. You know, I grew up during the Vietnam War. That was a political war also, a senseless war. I was still in high school when they finally, the year I graduated, they abolished the draft and the war was over. Nixon actually uh, was heading into his second term in office the night before the election. He stopped the war. He could have stopped it four years earlier, but it was a political move to get reelected. We all know what happened to Nixon, but I grew up in a time, I hate war movies, I hate anything to do with war, because I grew up with people that went to Vietnam and did not come back. I lived and was friends with people that went there and came back a mess. And what did the people here do? They didn't give them any treatment. They didn't help them. In fact, people were spitting on the veterans that came back from the Vietnam War. Another political war. Well, the war that we have going on now, same thing. You know, it's amazing to me that politicians come out of the woodwork and start talking about this scandal. And they're the ones that are voting against giving aid to the to the uh, the veterans. They know what's going on. But finally when it hits the media they start talking from the other side of their mouth. But they voted against programs in the military. Folks, I'm going to let you Google some stuff and find out the bills that were up for veterans, for help for veterans, and the Republicans voted against it. They're the ones that started the war and spent $10 trillion. Wait a minute, what am I talking about? It's all Obama's fault, that's right. The $10 trillion when he took office... Is all his fault. That's right. I'm sorry. You know what? I'm going to take this thing one page further because this all started back in the 80s. The reason we're in the predicament we're in today. In fact, in, Ronald Reagan was the first one that tried to pass NAFTA. The North American Free Trade Act, they call it. 
In eight years, he couldn't pass it because the Democrats wouldn't allow it. They knew it would be a cancer that would destroy good-paying jobs with benefits in America. Well, George Bush Sr. for four years couldn't pass it. Bill Clinton in his first two years couldn't pass it either because of a Democratic Senate. But then Newt Gingrich and the rest of them took control of the House and they passed NAFTA, the North American Free Trade Act. I remember a guy that ran against uh, Clinton and Bush, a little Texan. It was kind of amusing to watch debates with him, kind of an interesting character to say the least. But I remember one thing in the debates. He said something like, NAFTA? If you pass NAFTA, you're going to hear a sucking sound in America, and that sucking sound is your jobs. Well, folks, it's true. We in America probably lost in the vicinity of around 100 million good-paying jobs with benefits, um, fair wage, a wage where you could raise your family and all of that. Pensions. Oh, wait a minute. That's a dirty word. Let me take that one back because can't talk about pensions. People worked for them, paid into them. The politicians used their money, and now the accounts are broken. So um, it's those people's fault. I'm going to tell you something. You're taking away these pensions. You're putting the people on the taxpayers' dime. They don't have any money. Now they're going to be paying. You know, I want to get into one thing. I don't have a lot of time left, but 25 years ago, folks, General Motors was the largest employer in the world in excess of a 1,200,000 people worked for General Motors worldwide. The average salary with benefits and all was around $42 a person. Today, 25 years later, the largest employer is Walmart with over 1,400,000 employees. 85 to 90 percent of their employees make minimum wage, are not allowed to work 30, more than 30 hours a week, and have no benefits. It's called capitalism. Isn't that a wonderful thing? But what you don't realize is that these people that work for Walmart are getting food stamps and medical attention from the government. You taxpayers are paying in excess of a billion and a half dollars a month to take care of the people that work at Walmart. That's sad. 
You know what the sad part about that one is? The family, the five kids and the wife of Sam Walton are worth in excess of $300 billion. I remember growing up as a kid, Sears Roebuck and Company was everywhere. But I knew a lot of people that worked there. I knew people that worked for Marshall Field and that. I remember going to retirement parties and that. People had profit sharing. Boy, that's a word that uh, I think probably is taken out of the dictionary. But that's when a company, you used to be able to put in a dollar or ten dollars, whatever it was, out of your paycheck, and the company would match it. I haven't heard that in 20 years since they passed the American Free Trade Act. Folks, we can turn this around. It's going to take a lot of work. I just want to mention a couple of little things and what I mean by we can turn it around. The history lesson we're going to give you right now. Thomas Edison invented the light bulb. And in two short years, there was a power grid in America. We could do that with a power grid for electric cars, folks. Henry Ford mass-produced the automobile in America. We went from about 1,000 miles of road, 1,000 miles of road that was paved to over a million miles of paved road in a short period of time. Radio took about 10 to 12 years to build an audience of a million people. Television took only 4 to 5 years to build 2 million. This is the one that really gets me. Computers, back in 1976, the 200-year anniversary of America, the birthday. By 1980, there was 300,000 computers sold. Ten short years later, 1990, 30 million computers were sold. By 1990, Microsoft had a sales of over $1 billion. We need somebody to come and bring forth things like that. Folks, take someone to church, read them the Ten Commandments at home, print them off the Internet, post them in your house. We can't turn these people around, some of them. Some of them are just uh, devil's disciples. You know, one thing before I tune out, I want to say one thing. You know, uh, when they are the devil, you know, you, you have to move away. Even God, with Lucifer, with Satan, came down and said, you know what, you don't like it here? Grab your disciples and go. He couldn't take it anymore. But there are souls that we can save. Folks, I'm Richie Z. Uh, next week we got an interesting show with a wonderful sportscaster from Chicago coming in. I'll see you again next week, folks.